What's up, everybody? Welcome to Handy Schlepp. Today is Thursday, October 7th, 2021. Today, we're going to talk about what does it mean to give, to give up ourselves, and to be giving like Jesus, to focus on Him. Coming right up on Handy Schlepp. All right, everyone, it's so good to be with you with and all of my disabled disciples and beyond. We are going to talk about so much today, still within our time limit. And I've just had so much in my mind this week, some ups and downs like all of you, and I've been thinking about where to go in direction for this episode. And I'm thinking we not try to focus on ourselves so much, which is something I've been learning more and more of, not because of things that I've been doing per se, although that is a big part of it, but just what I'm seeing among my generation, our generation and people among my environment and how, myself included, how we become so caught up in ourselves, we kind of, mingle and dance around this uh, form of mental and emotional and uh, obsessive self-absorption. Or I should say like a moody self-absorption where we're trying to be with other people. We want to be with them, but then we kind of want to turn the conversation all about ourselves and our struggles and what we're going through to the point where it's a little overbearing. I'm not saying that your problems are belittled or that your problems are too much for other people. What I'm saying is that sometimes we get so caught up in the garbage and the trash that we're going through and perfecting ourselves and trying to better ourselves, which is great. We should all be focused to a point on a healing aspect. A time when we can turn away from past sins and a sinful lifestyle and turning away from making life about what we want and just uh, making it all about us and not having that strong focus we may have once had on God, but now it's kind of changed. Kind of focusing on like a casual God, a God of uh, magic genie-like powers and how God can help us with the miracles he is able to do and who God is able to help. How does God help us under the miraculous? Which is very easy to misinterpret as using God as a vending machine. Again, a magic genie or a slot machine. Placing bets on God rather than a fully genuine, trusting, loving, committed relationship with God, to know God personally through Jesus Christ, to know God through our giving. 
What does it mean to really give? Now, I ain't just talking about give in the offering basket or in the offering box or just give your 10% tithing or whatever percent of tithing or offering or financial monetary gift you may give to or nonprofit organizations or causes or to your local church to an international ministry, a local ministry, a food pantry, whatever it may be. I ain't just talking about that, but I'm talking about doing so in a manner that doesn't make it about what you are doing. And what does it mean to give as Jesus gave? To the point where we give our all. So in order to help bring life and joy and fellowship to another. Now a lot of times it can be argued that people outburn themselves or burn out, sorry. They burn themselves out over this and that's true. We do at a point need to take some time of recovery, uh, recollection, and uh, uh, rebuilding ourselves to rejuvenate ourselves and have the energy and the time and uh, the strength to help other people, but not to an extended period of time where we make it even longer about ourselves and forgetting God's mission for us, forgetting what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus or the wheels of Jesus for some of us. And you know, just I'm gonna be real with y'all for a minute. Something I really struggle with that I've been thinking about lately. And look, here I am talking about myself. So it's ironic, but. I'm speaking on behalf of the entire disabled community here. And I think that's feeling helpless. Now on the surface, that's obvious. A lot of us are, you could say, helpless, just to be blunt about it. You know, uh, relying and depending on others' caregiving completely. Where we need help to get up in the morning, to get dressed, or bathing, where we need, some of us require 24 seven uh, care or caregiving to just to survive and just to live or exist or whatever label you want to use. And then come on the other hand, it comes to that point where we feel helpless in the sense that we feel like we can't help other people when we are helped so often. Where we want to do absolutely anything we can to help others with the simplest tasks because we've been helped so much in our lives. Um, at least that's what it is for me. Uh, what's like a way I can help people? What is a way to give back? Like not just with monetary donations or whatever, because let's be real, most anyone can do that. Anyone can give like a dollar, five dollars, ten, twenty, forty, eighty, 
160, whatever. Well, okay, it's not get crazy, but any, basically anyone can go on their app on their phone and enter a monetary donation to the charity or health cause or uh, benefit, nonprofit, whatever of their choice. I mean, I do it sometimes yet if I'm for some reason unable to be there or whatever. But when that becomes the only way, that doesn't feel like enough. Now, I understand it's not about being enough or being feeling like I could have done this, I could have done more, anything like that. It's about, man, I wish I could do the minimum of what an able-bodied person can do. Something that's often take for, taken for granted. Like, I wish I could get in my vehicle and give someone a ride that needs it. Or, you know, I wish I... I'm just speaking on behalf of the community again. I wish I could go, um, just ho again, hop in my vehicle and go counsel someone at their home in the time of need. And uh, doing things spontaneously as an act of love and help and support for people, for random people, whoever, just to do so autonomously and spontaneously without the need of help myself. You know, you get to that level where you just want to help someone so bad and give because you know how it feels to be in that low place. You know how it feels to be in a place of brokenness. I was recently watching a movie on Netflix it's a new movie, it's called The Guilty, starring actor Jake Gyllenhaal. Some of you may know it as Jake Gyllenhaal, but um, anyway, the, a great movie. It's uh, about a 911 dispatcher who is very troubled, going through some, some things at the moment. And throughout the movie, he, without spoiling, he goes through an experience that helps bring him a form of self-reflection. You know, and there was a line in the film, non-spoilers, because um, it doesn't really spoil much, um, where one of the actors says, broken people help broken people. It's kind of like an offshoot of saying, hurting people hurt people. It's just a positive outlook on it instead. Because you've been there. In some ways, we've all just been, or in many ways, we've all been at a point of brokenness where we've had to go through deep, long trials of healing and understanding to grow, to grow beyond the stage we were at at the time of our problems. You know, uh, a better idea, a better identity of ourselves, a better form of ourselves, a form of us that's non-complacent, a form of us that grows beyond stagnation, being stuck, not changing, being content, 
without the feeling like we need to grow. Like you can look at um, contentness in at by multiple angles, um, like being being content in Christ and uh, being content um, in the strength of Jesus. You know, I got the classic verse of Philippians 4.13 saying, I can do all these things through Christ who strengthens me. What Paul is talking about in the book of Philippians, particularly in those chapters, is being content regardless of your trials. Being content regardless of the trials that you are going through. And how do we take our focus off of ourselves being stuck in our ways, being stuck in closed-mindedness, and learn how to get outside of ourselves, regardless of personality, regardless of traumas, regardless of making our whole life about our trauma and sticking it on other people. What it's about is giving ourselves, just as Jesus did, to pivot our focus, to change our focus from ourselves, from our baggage, um, from our jobs to our accomplishments making all that for some reason, making all of that our identity, putting our identity in our accolades, our jobs, our relationships, our accomplishments, and uh, the, the things we buy, our materials, even our, well, dare I say it, even in our giving, in the sense of, look at me, look what I'm doing, and you're not. It all comes down to what is your motive. In fact, in multiple sections of throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus telling the disciples to pray in private, to do things in private and not to tell everybody about the miracles and things that they do. Not because it's a big secret or something that's sacred in the sense of don't ask, don't tell, or keep it a private thing that only um, privileged members can know in our little secret club. No, nothing to do with that. Why Jesus does this and why he kind of leans more towards keeping prayer private, praying over people private, and uh, doing good deeds, and performing miracles, whatever, all in a private setting in the sense of not boasting about it, and not sharing it on Facebook for all to see. Because then you're putting God's actions and God's miracles on your performance. Because you are speaking 
on God's behalf and acting on God's behalf for your glory, not his. Sure, we may want to do sincere things. There are quote-unquote good people doing quote-unquote good things. But why are we making it about us? Why do we need the credit in the place of God? Well, maybe it makes us feel better. Maybe we need a subconsciously, we need a sense of validation, a sense of achievement, so we can convince ourselves and other people that we have a life, that we are a good person. Because deep down, we know some of us, if not most of us, feel like not good enough people. And that well, like we have to do something to earn our rightful status as a good law-abiding citizen. Or to show people that with our actions that our good deeds are our personality. That our good deeds are good enough credit to make us good people. I tell you, that is not the case. It's not about people looking at us differently or in a positive way or people thinking that we're a good person and that we need to achieve or win over them, to win over their approval and validation. It's not about this. That is not what giving is about or who gives the most time, effort, or money, who gives the most supplies, who gives the most at the toy drive or the food drive or the can drive or the clothing drive, who gives the most to the thrift store, to anything like that, to the resale shop, who gives the most. No, it's not about your quantity for others to see and for you to boast about. It's about the quality of your heart that Jesus resides in. It's about giving as Jesus your all when you have nothing left. Like the woman in the Gospels who gave the remaining leftovers of her finances, you could say, who gave the few coins, who gave it away for all she had. Not in the sense of blow all your money away on other things, to charities, to the point where you're going to starve or lose your residence or something. No. The point of that parable that Jesus is making is that it's a sacrifice yourself. Sacrifice a necessity, something you feel like you can't live without, and something you feel like is part of you. So we need Jesus to be our focus, to give and to help. 
And if you want to be someone that wants to give and to help and to, at the same time, to bring the love of Jesus in the mix, to find a position where regardless of your abilities, you can get a sense of belonging and community, I highly encourage you to get involved with one group I'm familiar with called Samaritan's Purse. If you don't know them, they are run by Franklin Graham, and you may recognize them around the holidays, at least in America, um, where they or churches or groups you may or may not be affiliated with have those green and red shoe boxes under the program Operation Christmas Child. And what that program is, it's where churches, small groups, youth groups, whatever, are um, gathered together and fill these shoe boxes for children ages like, uh, I think it's like late infant to toddler to an older child, like the age of eight or 12, where you pack a shoebox full of approved toys and supplies, you pack them in cartons, and then these cartons are shipped all over the globe to children in need. But it's not about, this is where the motive comes in, it's not about just a shoebox. Just giving this shoebox and just giving random so-called underprivileged children um, just a few, a few toys and notebooks or clothing or whatever. It's not just, here's your box, see you later. No, it's a progressive program that is used as a gospel opportunity. By no means is Samaritan's Purse uh, sponsoring me or anything like that. I just felt the will to speak up about them and something I've been involved with and something I really love. And so it's about using this gospel opportunity to share Jesus with other kids when they're young and when they're looking. Because as they get their shoeboxes and their supplies and their toys, to know that they are loved, they learn about the greater gift of Jesus's salvation and his grace and his love. Where these kids, when old enough, they are taken on a journey of salvation and a journey on discipleship, where because of the shoeboxes, they, they can begin that comprehensible pathway to learning Jesus and to initiate a relationship with Jesus themselves. So you're not only bringing them a material gift of the shoebox, but you're paralleling the gift of salvation through Jesus. And it's all about the giving ourselves to people. You can start very nearby to you. Start with a family member who maybe you disagree with them and they're in need. Give them your help. Offer a shoulder. Offer them food. Offer them a listening ear. Maybe it's your next door neighbor. 
Maybe it's your neighbor six doors down. Four blocks away, across town, across the state, wherever. Call them up and be there for them. Give yourself to them to swallow our pride and to give the love of Jesus to them. For that is what we are called to do, to give us Jesus. Jesus had to swallow his pride. He could have easily called in a legion of angels to wipe away humanity on earth if Jesus felt like he could not go further with the crucifixion. They were at the ready, and he went through with it. Are we able to do the same just by getting a cup of coffee with someone different than ourselves? Someone that's oppositional to us? You'd be very surprised how many similarities you have with that person who you may have seen as an enemy recently, a long time, or all your life. There are similarities there. There is joy in giving yourself. Let's pray together. Dear Lord God, I thank you so much for the love and joy you give us so that we can give that love and joy to others. I pray for all who are listening, all of the disabled disciples and beyond, and bless all of us to move forward in the difficulties and trials of this life. For as we say in my church, Life is rough, and life is hard. Never do it alone. Show us how your love can help us love other people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you for listening to episode 41 of Handy Schlepped. I am your host, Reverend Jordan Schrader, and I don't know if there'll be an episode next week. I have a big event coming up next weekend. I need to put all of my... Uh, blood, sweat, and tears into. So we will see if there is an episode next week. Until then, or further, take care. God bless. Stay safe. And as always, stay classy.